Welcome and thank you for listening to the Okuo Church Podcast. We exist so that people will be in community with Jesus and one another. We'll do that by listening to God, loving people, leading by empowering others, and linking to our community. We hope you enjoy it. Okay, great to be with you guys once again. Now, right now, we are continuing in our fourth and final section of this series called Learn To. Now, this entire series has been based around the four L's of Akuo, which are just the ways we will be in community with Jesus and one another. Those four L's of Akuo are listen to God, love people, lead by empowering, and today we will continue our deep dive into linking to our community. Now, this week we are inviting in a friend of the church, Damaris Fike. Now, Damaris is the social action pastor at City Church, one of the two churches that helped us get Akuo started. Now, I've personally known Damaris for the better part of this decade, and she's a super solid lady, just one of the favorite people there at City Church. Now, as a social action pastor at City Church, Damaris lives her entire life, all day, every day, trying to figure out ways that her church can link to her community. Now, one of the big projects she is working on right now is getting a community center started through City Church. Now, she will go to great lengths to take care of the things and the people that she cares about. Now, there was this one time, many years ago, uh, I had the opportunity to go to a conference in Chicago with folks from City Tribe and City Church. So we, we got to go out there, flew out there. It was, it was a really cool thing. Now, one day we were walking down the street in downtown Chicago, and my good friend, Pastor Lee Wong, had his backpack, and he was kind of like carrying it on one shoulder here, uh, and I was standing right behind him. And as we were walking, Lee had this guy run by him and grab his bag off of him, and he started running. So it, it like took me a second to understand what was happening. Like I had to process it for like a second. And then I was like, oh man, this guy took Lee's bag. And as I turned to go after him, I turned and Damaris already had two hands on the guy and it was like grabbing him. And then I saw like, oh man, Damaris is on him. So I jumped in and I grabbed him. We we're like just both pushing him and like yelling at him. And I saw his eyes get like real big as we were pushing him. And, and at that point, Lee just ran up and was like, stop, stop, stop. That's just my friend from Chicago. We were just trying to mess with you guys. So, you know, Damaris and I let him go. Uh, you know, we, we had a good laugh about it. Well, we did. I don't know if his, his friend really thought it was that funny. Uh, but all of that to say, Damaris is someone that will have your back. Not only that, she's someone you can follow when it comes to linking to the community. With that being said, here's Damaris. Let me tell you a story about how I ended up head down, feet up, in my boyfriend's car. When my husband Rob and I started dating, he drove this little white Geo Prism. One day he picked me up for a date and we were gonna go out, but we noticed that the brake lights were acting up. They would work, then stop working. I could sense Rob's frustration. You see, this car had given him so much trouble over the years, and this was just another thing to add to the list. So I decided to take a look. Now let me preface with I didn't own a car, had never owned a car, and really had no idea what I was doing. But I thought if I could fix this, Rob would have another reason to know just how awesome I am. So I used all the knowledge I had about cars and tried to think like a mechanic. My conclusion, something had to be loose. Why else would it work and other times not? The only way I knew I could test my theory was to make my way under the brake pedal. So I tried a couple ways. I, I looked down there and I squat down next to the car. Nope, 
I sat on the ground and leaned in and nope, not quite. I just couldn't get the right angle. So finally, I decided I'd lay upside down in the driver's seat. So feet up and head down to the pedals. At this point, I was really hoping it worked because I was way too uncomfortable for it not to. Have you ever been uncomfortable? I believe that most of us, all of us, have been in an uncomfortable at some point in our lives. But how many of us forego our personal comfort to choose discomfort? Here's the thing. Most of us don't want to be uncomfortable. I get it. I'm an introvert. And as an introvert, it's really easy for me to choose comfort over discomfort. Do you know how many times I've clicked on the can't go button on an invite? or avoided eye contact because I knew I'd be avoiding a long conversation. And I mean, it's not 100% our fault, right? There's a whole industry designed to make us comfortable. You got curbside pickup, at, you know, those cool massage chairs at nail salons, yoga pants, ponchos, lazy boys, heated car seats, and then you got the Snuggie. And if the Snuggie wasn't good enough, we now have oversized blanket sweatshirts. And those are all good. Give me yoga pants and an oversized blanket sweater and a warm car seat, and I'm there. And let's be real. We're living in the middle of a pandemic. Everything screams discomfort right now. Shouldn't we try everything to find comfort in such an uncertain time? There's nothing wrong with comfort. But what if we never choose discomfort? Like the kind of discomfort caused by volunteering with an organization that you're really passionate about because it would, you, you don't want to take the time or the energy and you know it would disrupt, disrupt your routine, cozy life. Or the kind of discomfort you feel when your friends post about opposing political views or are on the other side of a social issue than you are. So instead of feeling that discomfort of living in that tension, you block, unfriend them, cancel them, or avoiding the discomfort to be financially generous to the church or to a friend in need because being a pandemic makes you uncomfortable to give anything when everything you hear says to hold on to what you have. Is there a risk in discomfort? Absolutely. But there is also a danger in staying comfortable. You see, comfort keeps us complacent. Comfort does not produce any change or progress. Comfort makes us accept things the way they are and not think about how they could be. Comfort shuts out anything or worse, anyone who makes us even slightly uncomfortable. Comfort says, that's not my problem. And sometimes our comfort can keep others living in discomfort. Well, this isn't a new problem that we are facing today. And today I wanna to share with you about some people that had to make the choice to stay comfortable or to choose discomfort. Now, Jesus was in the middle of his recruitment season. He had just finished recruiting five of his 12 disciples when he made his way to Cana of Galilee. There, he and his mom were invited to a wedding. But here's the thing. 
Jesus didn't come alone. He brought his whole gang with him. Imagine that conversation between the soon-to-be-married couples. Hey, I'm inviting that guy Jesus and his mom. And then they realize, uh uh-oh, by inviting Jesus, they now will have to rearrange table seating for his plus five. Okay, well, maybe it didn't go down exactly like this. But it did take a lot of planning, a lot of preparation. You see, weddings in in the ancient East were the event of the season. The families of the bride and groom put a lot of preparation into the wedding ceremonies. This type of celebration didn't just last a few hours on a Saturday. Weddings would last days, sometimes up to weeks. They'd also invite all of the family and the entire community. And this is what happened at this particular wedding. We read in John chapter 2. On the third day, there was a wedding at Cana in Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Jesus also was invited to the wedding with his disciples. When the wine ran out, the mother of Jesus said to him, they have no wine. Uh Uh-oh, the party had run out of wine. Now in modern day, that'd be a bummer, but still manageable. But during this time, running out of wine at a wedding was catastrophic. You see, families prepared their whole children's lives for this event. Something like running out of wine would bring disgrace, not just on the marriage or the families involved, but this kind of thing would even haunt their future children. And get this, not only was it a social disaster, the groom had a legal responsibility to provide a good feast for his guests. If he didn't, guests could take back the value of what they did not receive in the presents they brought. And I'm not just talking about the centerpieces your Thea puts in her purse at every wedding. Actual wedding gifts. This was a big deal. You know, scripture implies that Mary felt the weight of this. We don't know exactly the role she played at this wedding, but she played some type of important role for her to intervene like this. She saw this need and knew something had to be done. So she turned to her son Jesus and said, They have no wine. At this point, Jesus had not done any miracles, but Mary knew her son. First of all, she knew the power in which he came from, since she was a virgin when he was born. But she also knew the kind of person he had become. Mary had confidence in his compassion and his ability. And this is how Jesus responded. Verse 4. And Jesus said to her, woman, what does this have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. Hold up, hold up. Didn't we just say Mary knew her son? Did she know that Jesus was going to call her woman? If I asked my daughter Thea to pick up her toys and she turned around and said, woman, not my time. She would no longer have toys to pick up. But hey, I know this sounds very disrespectful, but in that time, this was more of a term of endearment than a disrespectful address. So let's just clear things up. Jesus was just acknowledging her before responding. So back to the story. And Jesus said to her, 
Woman, what does this have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, do whatever he tells you. Then enter the servants to the story. She tells him, do whatever he tells you. So Jesus tells him what to do. Verse 6. Now there were six stone water jars there for the Jewish rites of purification, each holding 20 or 30 gallons. Jesus said to the servants, fill the jars with water, and they filled them up to the brim. Jesus doesn't tell the servants, go grab the jars that run out of wine. He didn't tell them to run to the nearest specks. He told the servants to grab six stone jars, jars that were used for hand washing. And Jesus said to the servants, now draw some out and take it to the master of the feast. So let's take a minute to think about what was going on in the minds of these servants. These guys had been working this wedding for maybe two, three, four days, and not to mention all the prep that went on beforehand. They're here at this wedding, serving food, picking up plates, doing whatever needs to be done. Then the wine runs out. And then they hear this exchange between Mary and her son, Jesus. And they're talking about the wine and it running out. And then Mary looks at them and says, do whatever he tells you. And the servants were probably thinking, do whatever he says? Now, these servants were probably feeling a little uncomfortable at this point. One, they may have felt slightly responsible to follow through with Mary's request, but their obligation was not to her, but to their boss, the master of the feast. And secondly, do whatever he says, Jesus? Now, they may have heard some chismes, rumors about this guy. But remember, up to this point, Jesus had not performed any miracles. He hadn't started his public ministry. He hadn't even called all his 12 disciples yet. Shoot, his mom was still telling him what to do. And she wants us to trust him? Then this guy, Jesus says, fill up these six jars that are used for hand washing. Not only was it getting a little uncomfortable at this point, what he was asking for was a lot. You see these jars that they were asked to go fill up with water? They weren't no wine crafts or agua fresca containers. These stone jars held up to 30 gallons each. That's almost the size of a large garbage bin. So they had to go fill up six of those. The discomfort was getting worse. At this point, at least only Jesus, Mary, and the disciples knew what was going on. But then Jesus says, okay, now draw some out of these jars and take it to your boss. Now things were really uncomfortable. Do they choose to listen to Jesus and get uncomfortable and risk getting yelled at, made fun of, or even get fired? Or do they choose comfort? and say no. They were feet up and head down to the petals. And he said to them, now draw out some water and take it to the master of the feast. So they took it. When the master of the feast tasted the water now become wine and did not know where it came from, 
though the servants who had drawn the water knew. The master of the feast called the bridegroom and said to him, Everyone serves the good wine first, and when people have drunk freely, then the poor wine. But you have kept the good wine until now. The water had turned to wine. Can you imagine the look of relief on the servant's face? Just a few seconds ago, they filled up these hand-washing jars with water, and then they drew water from those jars to take it to the master of the feast. And now the master was raving about the incredible wine they had just brought him. Jesus turned the water into wine. He did it. Jesus has the ability to change water into wine. Jesus has the power to change things. He has the power to serve the community. And Jesus chose to use what was already there to do it. He didn't tell the servants to bring the empty wine jars. He used the six stone jars that were there. He had them fill it up with water that they already had. And he decided to use whoever was there and willing to get uncomfortable. Everything that Jesus needed to demonstrate his power to the community was right there. And Jesus not only provided what was needed, he went beyond just the need. The guests weren't expecting wine that was tastier than they had at the beginning of the celebrations, but Jesus provided something way better. And it's not just a few glasses, he provided a lot. He used six jars that held up to 30 gallons each, six garbage bins full. That would make 645 bottles of wine, 3,225 glasses. That's not just a lot of wine, that's a cellar full of tasty quality wine. And that is what he does. He doesn't just provide, he gives his best. And imagine, if the servants never made the choice to move beyond their discomfort, imagine if they would have said no. These guests would have never experienced the goodness of Jesus. They would not have the wine to drink. The couple in the families of the bride and groom would have faced years of disgrace. What if they chose comfort over discomfort? Guys, what are people missing out when we choose comfort, when we choose to never get comfortable? What are our homes missing? What are our workplaces missing? What is our community missing? They're missing out on the goodness of Jesus through you. The guests had a need and Jesus went beyond the need and provided more and provided better, but the servants, the servants had to do something very uncomfortable to bring comfort to others. Are you willing to get uncomfortable to bring comfort to others? Are you willing to be that link to your community no matter the discomfort? Are you willing to be feet up, head down to the pedals? That day, I was helping fix my boyfriend's car. I had no idea what I was doing but I chose discomfort because I knew it would bring comfort to him. So here I was, feet up and head down to the pedals. I started to reach around the pedals and finally I came across a loose nut right behind the brake. So I started tightening it. And once I got it as tight as I could, I shouted from underneath the pedals to see if it worked. 
guys, it worked. How did this happen? How did I actually pull this off? I knew nothing about cards. I didn't have to go get any extra parts. I wasn't missing any special widgets or tools. Everything I needed to fix the brakes was there. I just needed to be okay with getting uncomfortable, feet up and head down to the pedals. Jesus has the power to change us. He has the power to change our community, but it's going to take servants, people willing to get uncomfortable to do whatever he tells them to do. Jesus isn't waiting for something better. He isn't looking for someone else. He wants to use you to link to your community. Maybe some of you have been waiting to do more because you feel you're not ready or not the right person. Get uncomfortable and trust that God has already given you everything you need. Perhaps you have a neighbor or a friend who just lost their job, but you're still uncertain if you'll have yours in the months to come. Get uncomfortable and choose to give anyways. That hard conversation with a friend or family member that you disagree with, get uncomfortable and make that call. Some of you, God has been telling you it's time to switch careers or to start serving at a kuo. Get uncomfortable, step out and take the risk. And perhaps for some of you, you don't know what all this Jesus stuff is. I'm asking you, get uncomfortable and believe in something. Believe in the Jesus that turns water into wine. The same Jesus who died and rose for you to demonstrate his love for you. And if this is you, I'm gonna ask you to get even a little more uncomfortable. I'm gonna ask you to pray. You can simply say something like, Jesus, today I choose to believe in you. Believe that you died for me so I can live eternity with you. Today, the best I know how, I put my trust in you. Amen. Where have you gotten comfortable? What can God do through your discomfort? The servants chose to get uncomfortable so others can experience the comfort of Jesus. When we choose to be like the servants, we will take his power and love to the community around us. We'll take it to the world who so desperately needs him. Guys, when we let go of comfort and step out, our homes will flourish. Our social media accounts will be different. Our schools and workplaces will change. Our community will thrive. And I know if there's any group of people that can do this, it's you. You see, this church was born out of discomfort because one day, Pastor Humby knew that he had to do whatever Jesus told him. And Jesus told him to start a church to start a church when other churches were closing, when nonprofits were shutting their doors, to start a church in the middle of a pandemic. Guys, that's not comfortable. But what this church will do, because that is going to radically change this community, but it's going to take an army of people, an army of servants to get uncomfortable and choose to be feet up, head down to the pedals. Let's pray. God, 
I thank you for the opportunity to just come and speak with this wonderful group, this church Akuo, Father. God, I know a little of their story and how, God, you got them to get uncomfortable, to make those uncomfortable decisions, to start a church that would spread your good news, your good gospel throughout this community, Father. And God, I know that that wasn't a mistake. I know that it was in your timing. And God, everything that you've asked, they are doing and so, God, I pray that this message, this, this discomfort, God, that I pray that they would be willing to continue that. I, God, I pray that everyone watching would be willing to take that step, to take that risk, God, and face discomfort. God, however you're speaking into their lives, whether it's making that call or serving or giving, God, I pray that they would listen. Because we know that it doesn't just change our community and the lives of people outside of our homes and our four walls, but God, it changes our lives when we can submit to you and do whatever you tell us, Father. God, we get to be an instrument of change to our community. So God, I pray for boldness. I pray for protection. I pray for a courage like never before that people would rise up, God, even in discomfort so that Others can experience you. And we pray this in that powerful and mighty name of Jesus. Amen. All right, well, all of you join me in giving it up for Damaris. If you're watching live online, throw some like excited emojis on there. Give her like one of those, the 100, some explosion, you know, fireworks things, confetti, whatever it is, throw it in there. If you're listening, uh, and you're not in the chat, just like yell out, thank you, Damaris, you know, just wherever you are, she'll, she'll hear it. Uh, so, but seriously, thank you, Damaris, for, for that. Now, guys, right now we're in our season of Lincoln. And just yesterday, we had the chance to go and help out distributing food and clothes to some of our friends in need at Christian Assistance Ministry, also known as CAM. Now, still to come, we will be doing a double drive. We'll be collecting gifts for teenagers for the CAM Christmas store that CAM does every single year for families in need. Now, most years, they get all kinds of gifts for babies and little kids, but not necessarily for teenagers and those, those tweens. So what we want to do is bring new, still-in-the-package headphones, makeup, perfume, cologne, or, or like Whataburger, McDonald's gift cards, you know, things that a teenager might like. Now, we are also going to link to senior citizens here in the Akuo neighborhood by partnering with an organization called Jefferson Outreach. Now, what they're going to be doing is creating gift baskets for seniors in our area to let them know that there are people here that care about them. Now, in those baskets, there are going to be coffee mugs, hot chocolate, and blankets. Now, Akuo Church, our organization, is paying for and getting 150 coffee mugs made, and we're going to buy and actually have bought enough hot cocoa packets to make sure everyone gets at least two cups of hot cocoa. Now, what we want you to do to help is bring us new throw blankets. You know, the kind that you would get like when you'd sit on the couch uh, and you just kind of throw it on there. It, it can have a, a sweet, sweet tiger on it. We will accept those. Uh, now we will be accepting those donations on December the 6th here at the church. Now also that day, we're planning to have our first ever in-person service on December the 6th at 10 a.m. Now we will be doing the service outside at the pavilion across the street from the church. We will continue to give you more details on this as we get closer to the event. Now, the last event in our season of linking will be 
are partnering with the San Antonio Food Bank on December 11th from 7.30 to 11.30 in the morning. Now that day we will be in the Alamodome parking lot distributing to food to families that are in need during the season. The link to sign up for this will be in the chat right now if you're, if you're watching live, or you can go onto our social media or onto our website, akuo.church, to check out any of these things. Now, if you liked our service and you want to share it with someone, or if you've missed some, any of the services over the last few weeks, you can always go back and watch them on our YouTube channel. You can also listen to our services while you're on the go by going to any of the major audio podcasting hubs. That's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and SoundCloud. Now, while you're there, please be sure and rate and subscribe so we'll move up in the algorithms for these websites and we can help spread the chisme of God better and better. Next, I want to talk about how we practice generosity here at Akuo. What we do is practice the biblical method of giving called tithing, which means giving a first fruit 10% offering to the storehouse, which is your local church. Now, we believe that when you trust God with anything in your life, no matter what it is, you get a blessing because you trusted God with it. And we believe the same thing when it comes to your finances. As a matter of fact, we're doing the exact same thing with our finances as a church here at Akuo. We are sharing our resources with the community around us. Now also, right now, the holiday season is upon us, and I know things have been a little bit crazy this year. If you need help with something, if you need help with a bill or food or anything, please reach out to us. We want to help you out during this time. We want to be linked to you during these tough times. So for that, go to our website, akuo.church, that's A-K-O-U-O.church, and reach out to us to send us an email, or you can call us at 210-901-8785. Now, the way that you can tithe here at Akuo is by also going to our website, akuo.church. Now, when you get there, all you have to do is click on the giving link and follow the instructions. We also have the text the tithe option. For that, all you have to do is text Akuo, A-K-O-U-O, and the dollar amount you want to tithe to the number 77977. Now, if you don't want to give electronically, we also have our PO box available if you would like to send your tithe through a check. For that, all you have to do is mail your tithe to PO box 100-125, San Antonio, Texas, 78201. Okay, guys, that's all that we have for you today, and I want you to know that I love all of you, and I'm praying for each and every one of you all week long. So before we go, let me just pray over you one last time. So Jesus, as everybody clicks off their browser, turns off their TV, and puts away their phone, I ask that you would speak to them. Jesus, I ask that you would continue to help them be good cheese men. Be good cheese men to their friends, family, coworkers, and, and also be good chismosos and chismosas, spreading your glory, Lord. I ask that you would just encourage anyone that needs help during this time to reach out. Lord, don't let them feel like they're alone. Don't let them feel like they've got to do these things by themselves, but allow them to reach out to the community that is here at Akuo, the community that is built in around them at all times. Just let them rest in the people that are around them and give them the rest they need, Lord. We thank you for everything that you're doing here, and we love you, and we pray these things in your name, Jesus. Amen. Thanks for spending time with us today. You can find this message and any recent sermon available on demand at our website, akuo.church. That's A-K-O-U-O dot church. Also, connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube by searching Akuo Church. Welcome to the community. We hope to hear from you soon.